listen, it's an Amethyst deck, right? We're talking about the, you know the big bads of the format. Like this is clearly the core of this deck. Yes, being on the draw is very important. I was on the draw a lot, and it's a completely different deck. I think every deck in Lorcana, you have to have a game plan going first, and then throw that all out the window after you win your first game. How much did Befuddle play uh, in the Ruby Amethyst matchup? Feel like bouncing a snake on turn two or their one drop show, slows them down significantly and allows Maleficent and others to keep questing. Is that like just the general goal here? Winning SEG Hartford was so great because... All right, everybody, welcome back to the Forbidden Mountain today. I'm sitting here with Robert Serpe. Congratulations on winning the SCG Con 5K. Thanks How are you so doing much. this evening? <laughs> great, great. Nice to see everybody. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So you played... um. I mean, like a not like this like unheard of scene combination of inks. You know, we've seen Steel Amethyst actually being one of the most successful ink combinations uh, in set two. But your deck was definitely a little different. You know, there's been a lot of chatter about how it performed, how it played differently, or how it should be played. But that's why you're here. You're here to. You're listen. This is your deck. This is your time. We're gonna talk about how you liked it, how you enjoyed it, and how you came to play it. I think is most important. But let's let's take a look at it. Let's put it on the screen for everybody here. So, uh, you named it the Ami Steel Aggro deck, right? That's, this, is, this is the list that you sent me. What did you most enjoy about the, uh, the list here that we're looking at? So, the deck revolves around the first card there, Maleficent Binding Your Time. Uh, just try to protect her. Quest as much as you can, use Befuddle on turn two. Play Pinocchio out there and Arthur, get some more aggression, and then grab it to refill, and Goats to finish him off. I like it. So what I want to say is like, just because even in the, your own intro, you had mentioned that Arthur was a, was a vital potential part of that, but in your list, you're only playing one. So why are we only playing one Arthur in this list? Great question. You quest for three has a lot of synergy with what you're doing, but has started them with four, three, two, and now we're just one lone Arthur. It's the correct amount for this deck. Purple red has a lot more synergy with Arthur with LeFou to ready him up in this deck you have to quest and then snake to bounce him back and then replay him which is very expensive yeah. if you have two arthurs they clog everything up and you really only want this effect once on turn three ideally later on you can be a big threat questing for three but i'd rather i ended up cutting those slots for more merlin rabbit make the deck more mid-range as opposed to aggro you can you have enough guys who quest for a lot and I just wanted the diversity of the threats. That's fair. I can respect that. Um, now, playing the deck, you know, you were very successful. What was your uh, record in Swiss day one? So I went, it was a, uh, how many rounds was it? It was Dan? eight, it was eight it was rounds, in, right? Nobody knew until we were there, but it was eight. <laughs> I know, I forget, because they said nine, and then the, the judge told me to my face seven rounds, right. and then we go into round seven. Yeah. Uh, this is not the rest round. We cannot intentionally draw here. He so, did the exact same thing to me, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. That was a, a very well-ran event. That was yeah. just a small little uh, blemish on it, I think. For sure. Um, I was 6-0 and going into the seventh round, where I was able to intentionally draw twice. So yep. then into top eight, we played three rounds, so a total of 9-0-2. Not bad. Undefeated record. Zero, zero losses, uh, match yes. losses. We I take was the, game losses. The first seed going into Swiss. 
-hmm. And the only reason I was the first seed is because my game win percentage, the tiebreakers were so high. I think it was 80 something percent. I might've lost three games out of the uh, 18. And there were only, there were only two uh, like true undefeateds, right? Uh, In the Swiss. Yes. Are coming out of it. Yeah. Yes, because okay. one per yeah, we just, we both had two draws. Right, right, right. And so I was, I was just making sure that that's that's where it ended up. Um so listen, it's an amethyst deck, right? We're talking about the you know the big bads of the format. Like this is clearly the core of this deck, right? You know, we've seen this played with Steel, with Ruby, with every other ink that you wanted to name because that's how good it is. Uh so tell me what the the role that this plays in your list. If you look at the list, which is it's a pretty much right here, it's all purple except five steel cards. Yeah. One of them is an alternative Olaf, Tiana. I like the dedicated waitress, the, the diligent waitress, as opposed to the celebrated princess in this deck. Then with steel, you just have the steel songs. I think Strength of Raging Fire is really overpowered in this format compared to Smash because Smash costs three, Strength of Raging Fire costs zero. So mm-hmm. that's just a good math problem for me. I put in the Let the Storm Rage on, which is kind of a weird choice. But the idea is they're going to use their Merlin Fox, Madam Mim Fox, mm-hmm. trade into our one attack creature. Mm-hmm. And then it's sitting there on two health. If we can take that off the board, um, going into their turn four, if we can clear their board, they can't Fox do anything else into us. That really slows them down. So just, And then the bodyguard, Hercules, there to sing the songs. Is really right. all we're getting out of the pa- seal package, for the most part. Like you see here, it's just purple. I had, I was ready for it. <laughs> yeah, there's the steel stuff. <laughs> I mean, the, obviously the big boy here is uh, mm. Beast Tragic Hero, um, but you did mention the Hercules as well, and I really like the idea here that in, in like your overall deck list, you know, singing songs isn't that complicated with Maleficent and Hercules. You're perfectly fine singing with either of those cards i imagine and then i mean once fox does its job the first time you you can sing with that card too so your three drop slot is really set up for those cards absolutely i tend to view the bouncing cards snake and fox as like late game cards in this deck Mm -hmm. because you see the other two one two three like you said we're stacked we try to sing on three and then uh do the bouncing ideally with goat or rabbit later in the game and Beast Tragic Hero, you saw him there. He's just too good not to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he really is just too good not to play, right? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a perfect immaculation. So what I really enjoy about this list, and I, I really I want to hear more about it from you, but it has layers to it. You know, it, it's showcasing that you have this uninkable commitment early to really powerful, high lore, low cost manner, you know, curve cards. And then you have the you know you have this addition at the end here where you can still go to the end game. You can still kind of do the distance. You can win through bouncing, um, you know, with your Arthur and goats, with your Madame Mims and goats, and then you also still are running a spell book here. So tell me about this deck in all honesty, like on the play and the draw here. Obviously, everyone likes to win die rolls, likes to go first. So I I really want to hear about your play style on the draw. Yes, being on the draw is very important. I was on the draw a lot, and it's a completely different deck. I think every deck in Lorcana, you have to have a game plan going first and then throw that all out the window after you win your first game because you need a completely different setup. Your ink is different. Your mulligans are different. People play the same cards, and then they lose and blame the dice roll. 
I'm tired of that. On this deck, you play completely differently. A lot of times you'll just kind of pass turns one and two. I know it sounds kind of weird. Maybe you'll set up an Olaf because he has three health. He'll just kind of live on the board. Right. You'll play a Pinocchio, not quest with him. They're playing their Olaf, bounce it for Snake. Turn three, play something that sings. Then turn four, sing with it and turn everything sideways. Then you yeah. can start to get seven more all at once. The thing about this deck is that we don't need to quest every turn. We can keep our characters readied and kind of set them up. Then they'll get wiped out. And then we can just play threat, threat. Pinocchio, quest for three. To me, he's extremely under-costed. So right. he's kind of a late-game card in this deck most yeah. of the time. You're playing him on turn five, six. So the early turns going second to answer your question are to pass, try to take card advantage. Use Merlin Rabbit, sing friends, bounce him back. If we have eight cards in our hand, our opponent can get up to 10 more because we're not really interacting with their board as much. Right. But then we have so many cards and we can just play three Pinocchios, two Pinocchios, Beast, like yeah. Maleficent biding her time, Olaf, like we're able to refill the board so fast that we don't, we can catch up. Absolutely. 12 lore in a turn. As opposed to the Amber Amethyst deck, which kind of quests every turn and is trying to keep the pace from the very start. This deck can go fast, but then we put on the brakes and then we go fast again. It's a very burst heavy deck as opposed to the aggro, which think, is kind of the first game plan. I think there's even a lesson learned there, in all honesty, is that that deck might. That deck is a horrible matchup going second on the draw because it's not, it's probably really not adapting to what it needs to be doing. Where the same strategy you just mentioned, like the steel cards weren't even really a part of the equation, in all honesty. Like it's still the the concept of like, well, how can I be better from behind? Well, maybe I just don't offer up my Lilo and my my Pinocchio to their Olaf, right? Like just don't do that and then pressure in later, force them to have alternative answers because. Every deck's, you know, we're seeing decks with seven or eight or six Olafs and Minnie Mouses and Tianas and whatever other one three you can fit in your deck. So rather than just offering them up if you don't have the correct protection, you're better off probably waiting till that turn four, like you just said, which I think is a great lesson for anyone to learn. Like adapt to your style. Like going second, yeah, it's not hyper ideal, but if you have a plan, then you can you can change scripts for sure. I think the one card here from um, a lot of the questions asked, and I really wanted to give you the opportunity to really uh, you know, give this answer at full length, but how much did Befuddle play uh, in the Ruby Amethyst matchup? feel like bouncing a snake on turn two or their one drop show, slows them down significantly and allows Maleficent and others to keep questing. Is that like just the general goal here? Or Everyone knows more? at this point, this is one of the best cards in the format. I think it should be being played in red-purple control decks at, at a two-of with two teeth. That's how I build that deck. Mm -hmm. This card, if they go Olaf in the snake and then you befuddle the snake, they can't fox, they can't replay the snake. They're forced to play a one drop on turn three which is not what they want to do. They can play Maleficent Sorceress, which gets killed by all of our songs, or they play a Surfer Mini, which is not impacting the board for us as an aggressive deck. We want right. them to play this Evasive Quester. Befuddle, clearly one of the best cards in the game. Inkable, Amber Amethyst is running four, red, purple with Arthur. LeFou is often running this card. and Yeah, the more aggressive versions for sure, yeah. Is extremely strong in the late game. 
you play it on your own snake, you, you can snake and then bounce something back, play it on the snake, and then reset your stuff. It's yeah. played on Pinocchio, and it gets a quest for three. It's inkable. Mm-hmm. My mulligan strategy is Maleficent biding her time. The problem with this deck versus Amber Amethyst is that they have four more Lilos. They get a lot yeah. more consistency. Right. So I'll mulligan five, six cards trying to find Maleficent biding her time. The only other cards I would keep are this Befuddle, because if you can have this on turn one and two, it can just, it's perfect going second, it's perfect going first. Uh, my friends at Locals have heard me rant about this card. It yeah. should see more play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's very punishing to the Amethyst strategy. It's definitely, it's something that people have really played aggressively towards themselves in their own strategy, and I do think it's very underplayed against opposing snakes. It is one of those where if you can just time walk them, essentially... Um, and honestly, even in games where if you just bounce a, a Cusco back or whatever there too, it's also okay, like awkwardly in like aggro mirrors, if you bounce their Zimba back, right? Like you're, you're creating these, these like break points that they're not really prepared for in some situations. So I really like the, uh, the versatility of the card for sword. Very strong. Okay. So, uh, anyone that is hanging out for so far, if you haven't yet, make sure you hit the like button, hit in the comments. Let me know if you had any additional questions for Rob. We're gonna get into some little fun, uh, little fun sections here before we go too crazy. But definitely, uh, definitely hit us up in the comments. Let us know what's going on. So, Rob, we're gonna play a game, okay? And uh, what I like to call this game is "Repeat After Me," okay? So, um, winning SEG Con Hartford was so great because winning SEG Hartford was so great because. I planned for a specific set of decks. It was, and I faced all of those decks. Um, I was planning to see red purple, and then hyper aggro to counter the red purple. And so I built a deck that goes under ruby amethyst and over amber amethyst. And all of my games were against those two decks out of eleven rounds, and none of the games were close. It was just the best feeling to to queue up into your match you go second you go first and your opponent just knows that they're countered and the way that i played it was a great meta call that's why it was so great phenomenal that's great uh so let's counter that what is the uh, what (laughs) the one deck i do not ever want to play against is the one deck i don't want to play against is amber steel songs with lanterns specifically would they got the early singers. I have game into the steel decks. They can play Cinderella. We can befuddle it. But it's on the back foot the whole way through. They have Grab Your Swords and all the three-cost songs. They can wheel us if we get too many cards in our hands. Don't want to face Amber Steel with this deck if you can avoid it. Fair enough. Fair enough. After winning SCG Con Harper, the one card I would consider taking out is... After winning SEG Con Hartford, the one card I would consider taking out is that fourth Hercules felt like a lot of Hercules. He actually was a key part. A last-second decision was running into Kurt Spice, world-famous best player in the world, ran into him and showed him my deck. He, he said, take out the Prince, put in Hercules, because you're missing the resist and the two quests, but he trades into Fox. And 
just found four Hercules from the back of his trunk five minutes before the tournament and was one of the best performing cards in the deck. Nice. Sing songs and it traded into that fox. But four was a bit much. I'd like to see more... Um, hmm, what do you think? Anything stand out to you? I've seen the Huntsman in this deck as a two-cost option that's inkable. Yeah. Anything about this deck that you you think could fit in that spot? If I really break in, we'll look at the deck again here. Um, I It's very, like you said, it, it, the way that you have it designed, the way you have it looking, you know... Uh, I, I think a lot of people would consider um, maybe another song. I do think it's interesting. Do you think that there's any merit at all to playing your own Grab Your Swords? Grab Your Swords on five, very strong play. I don't hate the idea. I took, some people said Whole New World as well, but we don't have a ton of great five-cost singers. It's really the beast we want yeah. to keep readied, but it could kind of hit somebody off guard as an uninkable card. But I could see what you're going for. Maybe a smash for the Hercules. Just yeah. a, a way to remove cards a bit faster. Because when you're on that back foot going second, yeah. smash is a great card to counter their aerial. Maybe that's what we yeah. need. Counter aerial, counter, counter Minnie Mouse, counter Arthur's. Um, you know, anything that might end up being problematic, specifically on the draw, like you said. I think I, I, think I can be behind that. Okay, so... Um, we'll go back, right? And my favorite card from Into the Inkland so far is? My favorite card from Into the Inkland so far was announced today. Robin Hood, the sheriff of Sher... The, what is he? The hero? Champion of Sherwood? Um, yeah. The six, five mana, three six. Yeah. Uh, looks like he has a lot of potential in purple steel. Mm. Maybe not the aggro version, but... Combo in with Blue Fairy as a bit mm -hmm. of a mid to late game control card. I, I'm you also uh, like the two cost uninkable Robin Hood that pings? I am a fan of him in general. I tried him a lot. He's very good when you go first and when that dice roll going yeah. second. Uh, and you're on the back foot, you feel like you can never really exert. He's definitely a card you don't want to see against, right? Like he's he's very good against you. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you can just kill my Pinocchio, always ready. I'm toast. <laughs> Like, oh, there's the Maleficent. That's cool. Oh, there's my Pinocchio. Yeah, that's... But, but that's I feel over. bad to shift a Robin Hood on top of him. I don't want yeah. to sacrifice that card. He's so powerful. Yeah, I think I think that's the cool thing about... Well, A, it's the cool thing that the shift Robin Hood is inkable, right? So that's great. But shift in general is a nice mechanic that when we need it, if you need to... you know, For that design, I do, believe, I do agree with you. It's a little bit different of a deck, a little more controlling. But now you're talking being able to come in, play Grab Your Swords, or come in remove a character from the board, draw a card, you know, like it does give a little more versatility. So what I like about the option is that a, I'm going to have this card that probably dominates the early game and then follow that by a card that I can utilize to kind of recover and, you know, be that mid range winner uh, in the, in this middle turns, which I think there's not enough of in the game, especially when Tinkerbell was so dominant in that spot in set one, it'd be nice to have more options than just Tinkerbell. I don't know what to say. I like the answers, though. I like the answers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Inklands has a lot of cool cards. Just announced today a bunch of them. Uh, what else? Just so two yeah, weeks tell me, away. Tell me some. Well, what, what are some of your favorite your favorite cards so far? So Jim Hawkins just seems like Value City. Uh, right. Play him on five, get a free location, move there for free. So that's four or five ink worth of value for free. Then you right. play another location the following turn. I'm thinking maybe Tiana's Palace. 
on yeah. the following turn, your turn six. He goes there for free. Then he can quest, and he can't be challenged. Yeah. I like Jim Hawkins a lot. I think we're, they're, they're really slow rolling us on the best locations. There's yeah. going to be one RLS Gallic, the his ship. Right. Um, you it was think announced it's be just to be a location, not like an item or anything like that? Hmm, that's a good point. It was announced in those league alternative kind of win conditions to get league points at your LGS. I wonder mm-hmm. whether it will be a location or maybe something to support him. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's tough to say. I think it's cool. I think he's one of the cooler cards. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think if I had like 100 cards now, which means there's still 100 more to go, there's still probably way more excitement to look at. So I'm hopeful that we uh, we definitely get there and get some more exciting cards for sure. Me too. A lot of cool stuff already and more to come with the implants. All right. So we have um, a little game we like to play on the podcast. It's called Would You Rather. So I'm going to give you two options and then you're going to choose me. You're going to choose an option and you're going to tell me why. So, our first choice is, would you rather Morph or Ursula? Ursula Deceiver every time. I think Morph is is too fragile. He's very adorable as a little space goo, and he has a lot of potential. But he's so vulnerable to so many things, and you can't do anything when he enters play. I'd rather have the Deceiver. She's got 3 HP, can survive to sing all of Emerald's best two-cost songs, thinking Sudden Chill there, to combo with the fact you take their key song, then she sings a song on the follow-up turn. Maybe Prince John comes out. Ursula Deceiver looks really powerful. So uh, you do think that Ursula is a potential turning point for Emerald decks? I absolutely think that card is very strong. It can be played in purple with the snake and the fox, the Madame Mims, the replay that etb effect if you notice more songs in their hand mm-hmm. uh, or i think you could bring lemon lime the amber green uh it's already a strong deck i saw it got top 16 mm-hmm. and at that 5k i could totally see that deck getting more and more powerful as they release more of these discard cards okay i, I can respect it and obviously morph has an excellent upside you can't oh. you can't sleep on that for sure choose one uh, this is actually from the Discord, so shout out to the Discord. Map of the Treasure Planet or Voyage? I like the Map of Treasure Planet because most items that they've released have been kind of greedy, like mm. very expensive. You have right. to have seven ink for the lucky dime. He's uninkable. Play two more. This this card actually gives you ink as value for the rest of the game. Right. So as long as you're playing locations in your deck, there's some synergy with this card and Matanui, the for sure. A blue card, which costs one to move there. So with this treasure planet out, it costs three. And right before their be prepared turn, put all your cards there. They be prepared and it all goes in the inkwell. So in a kind of aggressive deck, if you can move all your guys to a location that gives them some type of benefit, like Tiana's Palace, where they can't be challenged, or the uh, Maui's Island of Exile, where they get resist. Right. That seems like a great trait. So... At this point, you know, we've only seen half the set. Do you Are you already seeing the building blocks of the potential for locations uh, within Into the Inklands? Locations, I, I think it's going to be the cards that synergize with them, like the map, which makes them cheaper. Right now, they look very expensive to me. 
paying three ink for a location and then two ink to move somebody there and then you get one lore. I want the ways that make them more uh, easy to access mm -hmm. to be the focal points of the deck, like Jim and the map and the voyage as well. That card is a great tempo play, while the map is more of a long-term control play. I wonder how they'll see the most play. Have you had thought about the locations we've seen so far and seen how you could put them in a deck and actually make them work? Yeah, I think my biggest problem with them right now is the fear that you're like you're losing tempo um, in general. Like you're putting something into play, hoping they don't have an answer for it, getting a minimal thing back in response. Um, for, I think we really do need more when this character moves to a location, do X, whether it's draw a card, um, whether it's ready. I think that would be a really interesting uh, thing. If you could quest with a character, then move it to a location to ready the character. So it's protected in a way, um, you know, if whether it's when this moves to a location, gain rush. I think like the characters where it's like when it moves to a location, gain strength. It, that's just like not even worth it in, in all honesty, for most cases, like you're kind of just paying additional resources to get a card that you could already have. Um, you know, like, and I think that's kind of a big problem. So I, I really do think we need like just more synergy of characters that when they move to locations, you get something or like when this character quests from a location, get an additional thing, like some real motivation to being on a location to really make the cost uh, of moving toward it a little bit better to make cards like Voyage, like John or <laughs> yeah, Jim, uh, yeah, Jim and uh, Map of Treasure Planet. Like to make all these cards like a little more enticing, uh, you need, you know, we need to start seeing that other that other side of the game. I think I, I'm I'm very hopeful that we get cards like this because it's the only way that I think that like they're going to have a chance. So we'll, we'll have to Give see. us the sauce, the Forbidden Mountain. I want to move all my characters there and just get, win the just, game. Just just because it's cool? Like It is. I, I do, cool. do see it down below. All right. One more. Uh, choose one. Milo Thatch or Jim Hawkins? I have a feeling I, I didn't know the answer. Yeah, you've heard. I'm a space traveler <laughs> enjoyer. Milo Thatch being uninkable is a major cost, and I don't know how you're – how are we banishing our own cards so that we can bounce AOE their whole board? Yeah, I like the idea you can shift them out, but any yeah. quest for three. But I wish there was more. If there's a way to banish your own character, but that's uh, pretty hard to do in green. I like All right. Jim. We'll change the question. Which one of these do you think is most likely to be enchanted? Ooh, Jim would be really cool, but Atlantis has a cult following. Uh, everybody loves Atlantis. Yeah. I saw the other green card, Helga. Yeah. Um, she could be an enchanted. She looks pretty cool too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I think she could be a top tier enchanted, maybe above Milo. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. It's tough though. Cause um, I do think it's one of those cards where, I don't know if we really go down the rabbit hole of saying Ursula is very important to Emerald. I do not think that, milo is at all what emerald needed to be successful um and here's like here's like an honest question right for me to you like if that card was inkable mm -hmm. it's clearly better but is it still like 
it, would it really make it that much more playable? They had to, the little Milos are not that great. There's the one right. mana 2-2 two, two, and the red 2 yeah. ink 2-2 two, two, that gets plus 3 location, like you said. Yeah. It's a kind of underwhelming effect. Uh, there's got to be more synergy. There's got to be something else to get you to shift for 7, maybe a 7-cost song for green that does something really cool. But yeah. singing Be Prepared is not really good synergy with your expensive no. shift. No. <laughs> Yeah, I have to agree there. Yeah, I don't know. He just feels like he's a miss. Um, and not to mention, like, in the current metagame, like, he's just, he, he might even be helping your opponent. So, like, yeah, they Maui rush in, deals four yeah. back, and then like, comes oh, to I'll take hand. out your guy, and then you can just have him back. You're like, okay, like, I'll Lady Tremaine you, and you can just <laughs> back. Oh, okay, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, weird, especially goats, rabbits, all that stuff. They go back, you get additional things anyway. Not, not crazy about Milo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yet. Well, sir, I've had uh, an incredible chat, and you know, congratulations to you one more time here. Um, you know, this is pretty cool. How uh, how surreal was it to actually like get that trophy, hold the trophy, kind of enjoy that? It was just great meeting everyone, and I feel like the most surreal moment was maybe meeting TFM Dan on the <laughs> sidelines, and we we're both at the top tables, and I was like. Yeah, we're both doing well, cheering each other yeah. on. That that's the kind of camaraderie I want to see in as we go into the Inklands, Lorcana, I feel like is on the growing side of things. These tournaments for cash and pride and like pride uh, notoriety are really cool, but once we get organized play and official Ravensburg sanctioned events, mm-hmm. I think we'll really start to see casual players, competitive players. A lot of people go into your store. Or did you see the Rockstar Stitch? Yeah, of course. Who didn't? I mean, who didn't? <laughs> I, I got to see some of those in a, a trophy case. Or would you sleeve them up and play them in your deck? I don't know. I, I have a problem sleeving Enchanteds right now as is, so probably not. I'm, I'm excited for for stuff like that. Uh, some people, sometimes I see like Enchanted Cinderella. I'm like, I got to concede right here. Not, <laughs> not just because you counter me, but because that card's so gorgeous. You're big baller. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that, that was the most surreal part is just having fun. I mean, I got a miracle run where I chose a deck that countered all the opponents that I face. It would have been Toast the second I faced Amber Steel, but I kind of dodged them all. It yeah. was a, a lucky run. But now I got to meet you, go into your Discord, link down below. Here I am on the TFM channel, talking with you guys, answering some of your cool games and questions. I'll be in the Discord and looking forward to more tournaments. Maybe SCG Con Philly be coming down. I mean, I'll be there. I'll be there. I mean, I live here, so. (laughs) Heck yeah. Yeah, Uh, I'll I'll try to defend my title. There you go. I do want to give you a little bit of time here. talk about tournament preparation because i think you're you know you're we, we were talking offline and you're telling me about your general week in lorcana so let's just give somebody give, give, give a little rundown of your general rundown in lorcana each week yes yeah, so i go to six local game stores per week Hold on. one more time around one more time for that for yeah, everyone six, you know, in case they didn't hear you yeah every weekday um three weekdays plus saturday sunday and there's one on saturday morning and one on saturday night I'll go to my local game store, hang out with everyone. We'll discuss our decks that we brought today, kind of play some practice games, do some trading, uh, complete their playset collections. A lot of times there's families and everybody's trying to just have fun, feel at the game store. 
-hmm. play in a tournament three or four rounds. If you go undefeated, you get a cool pin and like a Cinderella promo card. Maybe get Bucky or yep. Minnie Mouse, the diver. And then head home. It'll be about 10 p.m., load up Pixelborn, and we kind of discuss how the games went yeah. uh, with some of our friends in like a Discord channel. And then look all day while I'm at work, keep refreshing the spoiler page, looking for the newest cards to try to so many. innovate, stay ahead of everything. Yeah, that's great. Um, I do think it's really cool because it really just shows that, you know, sometimes it's not, you wanted to call it a lucky run, right? And like, that's fine. You know, I like the, the humbleness of all, but the dedication and the effort that you're putting in to put yourself in the position to be on a lucky run is, you know, that's something that people need to understand too. It's like, yes, you can say that, hey, I predicted the meta well, I played well, it was all great. But you got to know that that whole side story of, you're playing five, six days a week, you know, if not more, if you include your Pixelborn, whatever you're doing on the side, that's a true commitment. And it's a true, you know, that really makes the payoff of Hartford even more to know, hey, I'm doing everything on the right. I'm on the right track. And I, I think that's uh, that's admirable, to be honest. Getting good games against good practice partners is the best way to learn. Every single time I face someone, it's uh, how does this card perform? I'll kind of watch one damage from... Tiana's a 1-3, and how is this damage that she does going across the board and affecting the game? Mm -hmm. And it's not until you do that a couple times that you can really see what this card's doing for your deck. Uh, little little things, bigger things. Uh, going to 1Ks and 2Ks. Uh, tournaments help see what people are playing at the tournament. How are they winning? Checking out the TFM videos. So many great content creators. Uh, yeah. Lorcana villains and all the Discord Pixelborn players on 20 Lore Pro. I'm always logging into Twitch streams and chatting and asking questions. You got to learn from people better than you, new players. Uh, that's the only way to do it, and it's so much fun. I love Lorcana. I think it's so deep. I think that uh, the format's very diverse, and anybody has a chance to win with any deck. Uh, excited for what's to come. Yeah, that was great. I was going to follow up question, but you just did. You answered it. So you just knocked it out of the park. You're just gone. So thank you, guys. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, again, anybody in the comments has anything for Rob, definitely hit him up in the comments. I'll let him know if he, I'll poke you, poke the bear. And he is in the Discord now hanging out too. So thank you so much. Congratulations again on your incredible win. Uh, I love the deck. Actually, I'm sleeving it up this weekend. Spoiler alert, I'm going to play in a 1K this weekend. No one knows. They might see this or not. I don't really care. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, thank Matt you. Allen Allentown? Allentown, PA? Where I'll be. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thank you again so much. And we'll catch you guys in the next video. Thanks for having me. See you next time.